uh, and they were injected with three toxic substances supplied by Besson. Um, again, their their body is disposed of in the Atlantic Ocean. That's what I'm worried about every day when I take a Tylenol PM. You know, my sleep cycle's a little off. I'm swearing my wife's gonna drop me off in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> like seriously. When your when your when your wife gets her uh, gets her pilot's license, that's when you start say, like ringing your collar. Yeah. When, when you when all of a sudden like a bill comes to your house for a private hangar and like jet fuel, you want to be babe. Babe, we, we, are we taking a trip? I'm glad about your new hobby. <laughs> Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. Ah. And Ryan. Oh my god, it fucking got all over my mic, god damn it. That's what she said. Listen, gonna, this is going to be... I, I can't wait to talk to you in like three days when you've like destroyed your computer because you're so sick and tired of trying to edit these three together because we didn't start this the same way as we usually do. <laughs> nah, we're good. I use uh, the OBS recording as a reference because it's real time, and then I bring that up. And then I... Uh, once I've lined you guys up, then I save it, and then I start going. Oh, okay. All right. It takes, it takes five minutes. Because then I can individually... I don't take content out, really. Mm-hmm. I just take out, like, huge pauses or, uh, you know, like, you drop the N-word, like, every five minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I just... Bro, I end up taking out, like... not supposed to tell them that, man. We're going to get canceled. I'm going to get canceled now. <laughs> I take out big pauses, and I take out, um, like, voice peaks from, like, someone dropping something or something like that. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. What are we talking about? Speaking of voice peace. <laughs> Speaking of uh, puberty. So today <laughs> we're going to be talking about um, a little something called Project Coast. Mm. Okay. You got uh, me. So Project Coast that? <laughs> was a, a secret uh, project that was carried out by the government of South Africa um, in the 1980s. Ah, a great government, if we remember back. Yeah, so very, to, very Zeph. Very, to, very to sort you know, of progressive, uh, amazingly, you know, for people, for human rights, uh, the 80s <laughs> in South Africa, right? That's what we're talking about, right? Yes. Um, to, to sort of set the scene of before uh, Project Coast takes off is that in um, on April 24th, 1974, um, in Portugal, they have what's called the Carnation Revolution. Um what happens in Portugal is that since the 1920s, Portugal had been ruled by a fascist dictatorship called the Estado uh, Novo. Um, the The current leader at that time was Marcelo uh, Caetano, who had who had very like briefly been the leader of it. Um, a dictator named uh, Salazar had been the leader for a long time. He's he's sort of a contemporary of uh, Francisco Franco, and, and very much like Franco, uh, he dies along around the same time. You said it's uh, called Salazar- the Carnation War. It's called the Carnation Revolution. Carnation Revolution. Revolution. Okay. Uh, it's also the name of uh, like a funk band from the 70s. Well, I was actually going to say it was this fought over powdered milk. <laughs> the well, downtown Carnation <laughs> Revolution. Well, the car- Carnation's as the as the flower because what happens is is Carnation that group- Instant Breakfast. So this was so this was uh, FTD florist and one eight hundred flowers uh, uh, assault on the Carnation uh, industry in South Africa. But, but what happens in, in Portugal is that a group of, uh, of army officers, uh, many of them um, Marxists and socialists, um, they, they, they sort of formulate a plot to overthrow the government because at this time, uh, Portugal is like 
trying to hold on to all of its colonies in Africa, um, such as like Angola, uh, Mozambique, um, places like that, um, that even though like Portugal itself is, is not a very uh, wealthy nation, um, they're, they're still conscripting people and desperately trying to hold on to these um, these colonies that are sort of like these huge battlegrounds full of um, insurgency movements that are usually armed and funded by the Soviet Union. So what is stopping other countries um, that we've talked about before, like King Leopold and Belgium, from just kind of, if Portugal is not one of these powerhouses, what is stopping them from going in and saying, you know, we're, we're, we're taking this, like we're gentrifying this, well, this is Belgian uh, colony now? Well, well this, is, this is the 70s. Like everybody else is jettisoning uh, their colonies or losing them because they don't have the money to take them. So jettisoning them. So, which, which in a lot of cases is what they do because they just sort of like wash their hands of it and they're like, they're like, you fucking deal with it. And then they just leave the colony. And then several decades later, they all just go like, oh, these Africans, they don't know how to run things. They're all savages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at these countries. They're all barbaric and nothing works. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, because you, you didn't educate anybody in these countries. You took everything of value and then you left them with nothing the second they wanted independence and it became difficult for you. You went in, mm. you looted everything, and then on your way out, you burned it all to the ground, setting them back further than they were in the first place. And then you say... Oh dear chaps, what's wrong with you? Why can't you be civilized like the rest of us, motherfucker? But what? <laughs> but what happens is, is that as this revolution goes off, it, it succeeds. It's a bloodless revolution. The the officers are able to sort of like seize control of the government, and everybody sort of like acquiesces to this because they're they're just tired of this like terrible um, fascist government that's been ruling Portugal for about fifty years. Um, and and after that period they decide that they're just going to cut all of their, their colonies like free because they're like, we don't want these anymore. And it's, it's not so much that like, this is becoming difficult for us. It's more that like, we're the new government. Like we should have done this a long time ago. These people deserve independence. We're just going to give you independence. Um, one, one colony they have is Macau, which is the, the city that's across the uh, Pearl river uh, Delta from Hong Kong. Uh, for instance, they, they have to go into an agreement with China that the, that, They'll give it back to China after about uh, a 20-year period. Uh, I believe 25 years is about, because it's about the same as uh, Hong Kong, because um, China is just not ready to take on this colony. So they're like, all right, we'll, we'll keep holding on to it and sort of prepare them to be integrated back into China. But with Angola and Mozambique, they don't really have um, that, that sort of setup because they're just these African colonies, um, and, and they don't want to just like it wouldn't be right to just like give them to these other like African governments that are like nearby them. Right. Like the people who live there want to be their own, own country. So they're going to let them be their own country. Okay. But what happens is, is Angola, this causes a, a period of instability um, because there are, are, there are three major factions are sort of vying uh, for control of Angola um, in this vacuum that's left by the Portuguese pulling out. Remind uh, the me main of my one, geography and where's Angola in Africa. Um, Angola is is sort of to the uh, northeast of or, or northwest. I'm sorry of South Africa. God, Google Earth is brighter than my future. Jesus Christ! Because if you hmm. look at oh okay, look at, that's pretty big. Um, that's a pretty big country. Yeah, um, because to the south of um, Angola is uh, Namibia. Which is a um, which for a long time was a German colony, but after World War One, South Africa sort of uh, held on to, and and didn't let go of. 
Um, because essentially when Germany lost its colonies, um, Namibia became, or what is today Namibia, which was then called Southwest Africa, um, became like a protectorate of uh, South Africa, that they were just sort of like to manage it in the meantime, um, but they but they never serv- uh, sort of really wanted to give it back and they never integrated it into South Africa. So they are there in Namibia. Um, and Mozambique is on the opposite side of South Africa. It's on the, um, it's to the northeast of South Africa. Okay. Um, um, it also borders uh, Zimbabwe. Um, yeah, I which, see which, the Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, Z- uh Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe, Botswana, and Namibia. When um, everyone says Botswana, I think of the Animaniacs song. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh. Just like when Steve said Project Coast, I just heard. And you'll remember from our previous discussions is that um, up until 1979, um, uh, Zimbabwe is is Rhodesia and is currently embroiled in a in a civil war where the white minority is trying to keep control of of the country um, and and sort of keep its uh its monopoly on power. Steve, um, they were trying to not be replaced. That's what I've heard. Hey, Steve, Steve, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> you know how good Rhodesian camouflage is. Stop. You can't even find Just, it on a map. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> how like uh, <laughs> any of that shit went on is just beyond me like how evil people are oh yeah it's disgusting that's why I laugh so, now so everywhere to the north of South Africa at this time is either in the midst of a of a civil war fighting either in the case of uh, uh, Rhodesia which is sort of like a mini South Africa with an even smaller white minority at the at the sort of helm of, of the state um, is, is embroiled in, in a civil war against um, Africans or is in the process of either uh, being handed over uh, to Africans or is in a like a, a civil war between Africans. Um, and so the South Africans are very wary about this and they're involved in all of these conflicts. The South Africans are most worried about a organization called the the Southwest African People's Organization, or SWAPO, um, which is <laughs> sorry, which <laughs> SWAPO. is which is um, which is sort of Soviet backed. Um, they themselves are not like they're not full on communists, but like they do want to. But they do want to implement Marxist policies and. The um, and the Soviet Union is backing them, and they had what was called the People's Liberation Army of Namibia, um, the plan. which did incursions. <laughs> they had the plan. Yeah, plan. <laughs> yeah, which which would do incursions from Angola um, into Namibia. <laughs> the plan. They had the People's Army. Um, <laughs> is the plan. But 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 what happens is is that they become worried because now that the Portuguese are gone, there's nobody really. Um, Sort of putting pressure on on Swapo or Plan in uh, in Angola. Um, so, I like how he so uses the, c- the name we just made up. The Plan. <laughs> What's that's sort of what people refer to them as by the acronym instead of instead of saying out the People's Liberation Army of Namibia. Steve, you need to say the whole thing out <laughs> every single time because I'm gonna be like, wait, what's the plan again? <laughs> yeah, and if you refer to the KGB, I want the whole thing. <laughs> I saw spies like us. It's a whole th- it's a set of words. They're real long. <laughs> oh man. Um, 
So when the Portuguese uh, leave at, at the end of 1974 in Angola, they, they have what's called the Alvor Agreement, which is a sort of agreement between these three uh these three nationalist groups in Angola, which are the People's Movement for the Liberation of Angola, the MPLA, the National Union um, for the Total Independence of Angola, uh, UNITA, um, and the National Liberation Front of Angola, um, which is the uh, FNLA. Um, there are way these, too many acronyms for this episode already, but okay. These these three, uh, the only one you really need to remember is is SWAPO, um, because because they'll they'll come up later on. Um, so these El Swapo. So these 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 three movements had have participated in the war for independence. Um, they they all had the common goal of of sort of making an independent um, independent Angola, but they they come to the issues that they all want different things and they all think they should be in control because they're all sort of tied to different um, sort of economic. Um, economic Concerns. sort of ideas they're tied to different unique ethnic support groups and they all have uh different foreign backers oh, um, no. but the the mpla is the one that's uh, mainly backed by the soviet union um and like i said they are um they're 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 openly committed to marxist ideas but they're not a full-on like communist party yeah mpla those are the that's the place that's sued me because i downloaded metallica from napster right is that <laughs> Yes, the one in No, Sutton. that's that's the MPAA, okay? The MLA is the My Little Pony guys, okay? FMLA? You mean like the Florida? That's the Metallica protection of... <laughs> oh, fuck that. Don't protect them. No. I liked them way uh, back in the day, and I don't like them anymore because of that shit. Uh... Um, but because the, the MPLA is wants to have a one-party state... It alienates them from the FNLA and and UNITA, um, which you need a what? Uh, the the group UNITA. I'm glad you went there. <laughs> you fucking cretin! I'll tell you what you guys need is you need a consistent government. That's what you need. How about that? How about that? You, said you fucking um, cretin! But I'll tell you what you need to bring in. You need to bring in UNITA and not Swapo. But, hey, listen. But, but what about of, the what? Okay, but listen. But did the FNLA check in with Ligma or Bofa? <laughs> Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, yeah, both of there. Soon. I think we're we're gonna we're actually gonna talk about both in a bit. Um, Francois Botha, up and coming white boxer who got his ass kicked. <laughs> Was Candace there? <laughs> um, so both of these two factions, Unita and, and the FNLA, portray themselves as being both anti-communist and pro-Western uh, powers. Um, so they begin getting backed by the United States and South Africa, um, and. Uh, South Africa's worried that with the MPLA... Um, Steve, if, what are the odds that Francois Botha is from South Africa? <laughs> I didn't even know that. Is probably he? probably not uh, not that low, considering that Botha he is, is a... Is he a, is? is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Boer name? Yeah, he was born in uh, Imolani local municipality, South Africa. Um, is that so like one worried. of those things like, hey, what's the odds of this guy named Shaughnessy born in Ireland? Yeah. Okay. So he's born in he's born in Southie. His name's Michael Callahan. Uh, he might have been born in France or Ireland. It's kind of a toss-up. Not sure yet. He's actually the correct answer was Topeka, Kansas. (laughs) Motherfucker. Uh, What's his name? Shaughnessy. He was born in Howie in the Hills, Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Lady of the Lakes. Um, (laughs) Fucking Groveland. It's not even any Groves. You're not even good enough for Claremont. You're in fucking Groveland, bro. Get out of here. 
the the fear though that South Africa has is that if if the if the MPLA is able to seize control of Napster. Angola, they're they're going to create they're going to allow um, uh, the uh, plan to to sort of like be able to prosecute a war into Southwest Africa without anyone like sort of like um, impeding them in a home base area. So that they would be able to freely cross the borders into Angola and and just sort of recover and then move back into to fight an insurgency in um, in Southwest um, Africa. Steve, I, I'm just a simple caveman, but that doesn't sound good. You said it's um, it, uh, all right. I'm kind of confused. Okay. Okay. Like when you say like Southwest Africa. Right? Are you? Talking I, I'm literally. Like, I'm talking about a Namibia. Okay. 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 okay it was. Okay. It was at that time. It was literally called Southwest Africa. Okay. All right. Um, so basically, so, they're jumping back and forth between Angolia and Namibia, right? Is what we're talking. Well, about. well yeah, that they're and and that they don't want this to happen, so they begin sort of working with these these Angolan um, sort of groups that are opposed to the MPLA. To, to sort of prevent uh, Swapo from being able to uh, prosecute a war into Southwest Africa. Swapo Swap House. Gotcha. Um, so they, they begin this uh, uh, this uh, covert action program in, in Angola called Operation Savannah, uh, where they send arms and money um, to the FNLA and UNITA um, in exchange for them fighting against the plan. Um, a... a Behind the Bastards uh, alumnus and, and sort of MVP uh, Jonas uh, Zavimbi, who you might have heard of, was Unita's president at that time. Um, he's also a friend of Jack Abramoff. I've heard the name, but I'm more interested in how Project Savannah got its name, being that we're talking about an African thing. Because it's... I, I'm assuming it's because of their, it's, it's being prosecuted on the Savannah. Like I get it, like the plains, the savannas, and all that, but like, it's just it's mm. it's very like how'd you I don't know maybe I was thinking maybe you might know how they got to that name, but okay. Um, but mm. but both him and and Holden uh, Roberto, who's the president of the FNLA, uh, they they promise South Africa that they're going to fight um, the uh, plans fighters and that they will um, um, and that they will um, that they will also help them fight in Angola. Um, against the uh, the uh, against plan was plan um, so allied with DN with who? <laughs> I didn't get it. I don't get it. I'll tell you later. What's a gag? <laughs> I was just basically seeing if they were you know allied with DN so that them and DN could get with Updog and just have the whole <laughs> trifecta. So many acronyms. He said, "Just uh, remember Swapo, Swapo in the plan. Trust the pl- trust the plan, trust um, the plan." <laughs> and that they're that they're sort of allying with, like the 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 groups are arming with are, are allying with two are like not like good groups. Not not that any group like in in these types of civil wars are usually quote unquote good groups, but but these are like like groups that occasionally carry out like atrocities. If we're taking sides, uh, whose side are we on on this one, and why? Um, I would I would probably say that the ones that are against South Africa because um, they they're the ones that uh, control the country now and like uh, the the countries aren't really in like that bad of shape. They're fighting against apartheid. 
Yeah, they're fighting because remember this is like South uh, apartheid South Africa, yeah. and the reason why South Africa once become involved in this because they want to uh, create make sure that the countries around them are, are sort of like moderate Western friendly like puppet governments because they're worried that these that if it's not that they could support you know like the um, the African um, the ANC the African National Congress um, and that that could threaten apartheid. Okay. Oh no. Yeah. Ooh. Oh no. But but from uh but from 1975 onwards, um, the South African Defense Force, the Army of uh, South Africa, is is in a conventional war um, in Angola um, in what is called the South African Border War. Um, at one point, they even fight uh, the Cuban military um, because Cuba because um, Cuba sends conventional forces to Angola um, to help um, the MPLA. Uh, mainly because the Soviet Union makes them do it. So, <clears throat> dumb question. What was the South African border war fought over? Probably a border of some sort. Just Look, man, I gotta make sure. Just gotta make sure. This is about a bucket. <laughs> we're doing the war of the bucket, I swear to God. Eventually, we're gonna fucking do it. <laughs> if I have to write the goddamn episode myself. <laughs> Five paragraphs. <laughs> The three-step uh, three thesis. The uh, conclusion. The uh, the the South African forces also begin to believe that um, the enemies have either used biological weapons against them or might possibly use them. Uh, all right. That's Wait, not, what uh, year is this? Nineteen seventy-five. Yeah. Um, so we don't. Uh, I, I don't think there's any like confirmed uses of like the um, of like the Soviets or, or the Cubans giving them like biological weapons. Um, right. I'm, I'm sure there's probably some like like when when cops claim that they like pass out from like fentanyl level stuff um, mm. that that's just like s- soldiers getting like excited or freaking out or whatever because of like smoke, but um, not not actual like chemical weapons are used by them. Um, so as time uh, uh, time went on, um, they begin to think that um, this might be something that could help them because um, you have to remember by uh, by this time as well, South Africa is a nuclear power. Really? Are they are they still a nuclear power today? Um, they gave up their nuclear weapons after apartheid ended. Wow, um, they gave them that... up in uh, like I think it was nineteen ninety four. No, Ooh, that's brave to give up your nukes, man. That's a brave um, thing, man, to give up your. It's a brave thing to do. Look what happened to Gaddafi. They they essentially uh, they they gave them up because their their plan was. Um, originally, because they they sort of developed them in the in the 70s, they gave them up um, uh, because they, they didn't feel like they needed them anymore. Because the original purpose was not to like keep uh, like a foreign power from, or I should say, like a foreign like European power, like the United or the from Europe or like say the United States um, from from sort of uh, invading them. It, it was because they were worried that you know if if all the African nations like like teamed up against them that they would essentially like nuke all the black african nations like like it's less it, it's less like Gaddafi or, or like north korea having like an insurance plan it, it's more like the turner diaries like we'll it, just kill everybody yeah it's more like we're like if 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 we're getting in a situation where like like all the african nations around us like decide that they're going to invade and liberate like the people of South Africa from apartheid. Like they're they're going to turn like all the all the nations around them into like wastelands. Jesus, I don't know why I expected anything more 
from the apartheid government, but, you know. Here we are. It's crazy. Um, in, in 1981, um, then, um, then uh, president of South Africa, uh, P.W. Botha, um, he orders the, uh, the South African Defense Forces um, to, develop, um, to develop chemical weapons that they can use against uh, South Africa's enemies. P.W. Um, Botha? And, and, and yeah, P.W. Botha yeah. is a he is a he is a hardcore um, defender of um, apartheid um, to the fact that like even after he he fell from power and, and apartheid was ended, like he refused to have anything to do with the modern state of like South Africa. He still lived there, but um, for instance, he was like uh, he was offered to have a state funeral because he was a former president and his family refused. Yeah, I believe it was his spokesman who was like a trusted general, uh, General Dees. <laughs> he was there. <laughs> um, both the ni- for instance, like both that gave a speech in 1985, which was at the height of like the the divestment um, campaign against like South Africa, where it was mm-hmm. sort of like we have BDS today, which is like the boycott divest um, from uh, Israel. Uh, people did that in South uh, did that against South Africa in the eighties. I don't like, know dist- what that is. What is that? It's it's lost. sort of it's uh, well uh, it's sort of a campaign where people say that they're not going to buy products that are made or sold by by a country. Uh, for instance, today the current one is on Israel due to the illegal occupation of the West Bank. Um, but in in the nineteen eighties, um, and I believe it started much earlier than then, but it really gets to its highest point in the eighties against South Africa. Um, is to end apartheid. That wait, people wait, wait, will wait, wait, not. Wait. But they're not doing this for Russia right now. What, uh, like divesting and yes. boycotting? Well, you, people aren't buying things from Russia. Like, like you don't go to the grocery store and buy like like whatever from from the Soviet Union at that time. What? Like, like there, there's not, not normal at that trade. Time. I'm talking about right now. Well, right now, like, yeah, like the fact that you can't buy like Russian vodka and stuff like that, but that's that's state sponsored. This is this is like people are doing it like themselves. It's like a grassroots campaign. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, does that exist today, right now, against Russia? I, I think. Well, I, I think there is, but I, I don't think it's really needed because, like, like the whole world's putting those types of constraints on Russia. So, like, you saying like I'm not going to buy a Russian product is like you just patting yourself on the back for doing nothing because it's not like you can buy a uh, Russian product. Slacktivism. Uh, but, but in, but in this case, like people can buy like like things from South Africa. And, what, uh, and South Africa what? wants people to buy things from them. And like, for instance, musicians like what are uh, are boycotting um, goods from South Africa. Uh, gold, diamonds, um, agricultural products, uh, um, different food, uh, emeralds. tourism. Emeralds. I'm looking at you, Elon. Emeralds. emeralds yeah. Um, tourism. A famous, famous uh, sort of profiter from the uh, South African occupation of Namibia, um, Elon Musk. Because um, that's where his his father's uh, emerald mine was given to him mm-hmm. by a bunch of shady Italians that had to get out of the country really fast. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got to go now. Andiamo. <laughs> hey, we gotta go. We needed a plane. Uh, you give us a plane, I, we give you the emerald. Hey, to buy la gioreria, Musk. Yeah, a tuo. But but for instance, in like, <laughs> but for instance, in in 1985, uh, both that gives gave me the jewelry store. I gotta go. Both that gives a uh, a speech that's sort of like the uh, the segregation forever speech. 
Yeah. Um, where, where he essentially says, it's called the oh, Rubicon the, speech. That George, the George Wallace? Wallace. George Wallace, yeah. And he, yeah. he essentially says that, like, South Africa will never um, get rid of uh, apartheid and that it is, like, the way of things. What did you say that the um, he, he essentially said? He, he said, uh, both of us said that... Um, that that apartheid would like never end. That okay. it was like the natural way of things, and it would go on forever. The thing is, is is like you know, with these people, they get bogged down in their own systems, and they've been raised and inculcated and grown up into it. And the, one of the worst traits of humanity is that we overvalue what we know. That's it. So you well, end up anchoring to it. So a lot of these guys that are, were just brought up in that, and that, that was well, their fight. Well, he's, he's they, also... They're not looking at... They're not even looking outside of the world. For them, that is the world, and that works, and there is no better way, because well, it's not necessary. Well, it even goes beyond that, because he's, he's also a member of, like, a secret society that that's expressly for having, like... The, having, like, the Boers dominate, like, like South Africa. It's a combination. Yeah, he's, he's gone into like lunacy level then. Yeah, yeah it's gone. like gone. because like because you have to remember when they talk about like white South Africans, there's there's usually the, the main sort of groups in South Africa are the are the Boers who are descended mm-hmm. from uh, Dutch settlers from like the 16th century onwards. And then you have the uh, sort of like the what they call the like the Anglo um, settlers who are people from like the UK. Um, and the and the people from the UK are, are sort of like on the outside as well because, for instance, the Boers uh, they they speak their own language, Afrikaans, um, Af- um, and Afrikaans is K. based on like Dutch, but but they also sort of have this nationalist sentiment where they say like, well, actually, it's it's its own language, it's not Dutch, even though it's like it's pretty much just like a, a somewhat antiquated version of Dutch. It would be like if Quebecois were saying like, no, 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 you see, our language is 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 distinct from French. Okay. And, and it's part of them building this sort of identity, and they don't like um, Anglo-South Africans as well, because uh, the Boers had always been trying to throw off British colonial rule. Um, so, which is another reason why they're, they're so good with um, sticking with apartheid, is, is because they didn't want to have connections to, like, the British to begin with, um, who, who sort of, like, uh, put pressures on them that, that the government of South Africa, when they became independent, should not have been dominated by... Um, the white minority, it should have been um, it should have been an equal government where the majority, um, in this case the black Africans, um, could uh, control the country. Okay. Um, but what Botha does is he has the South African Medical Service uh, Division um, set up um, his personal doctor, a doctor uh, 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 Wouter uh, Besson, a, a, a cardiologist by specialty, um, to visit um, other countries to, to sort of uh, explore and study their use of chemical weapons. I've heard the name Vuterbasan before. Um, yeah, there, there's a reason for that, and, and I don't want you to look it up because it, sort of the turn the story has is, is, is better that if you just experience as we go. Okay. Um, look, hands, my hands are visible. I'm not looking so, it up. I won't type. So he returns and he gives a recommendation. That <laughs> you can see me on the camera, you asshole. I really hope I didn't just screw up my microphone. That they that they should that they should expand uh, South Africa's uh, chemical weapons programs um, and make it a big priority. 
We're talking um, about. So, oh God! I, all right, now I remember why I know. Him. I don't know his story, but I now I, the minute you said chemical weapons, I remember now why I know the name. Because right. he like he developed them or some shit. He did something. In in 1983, uh, they establish uh, Project Coast uh, with uh, Besson as the head of the program. Um, so a lot of what he worked on uh, was is is still secret today. Um, and so in 1981, we know that uh, when he was working uh, for the physician of uh, of Botha, um, that the uh, that the Surgeon General of South Africa hired him um, to work and form the uh, Seven Medical Battalion, which was a, a specialist unit. Um, his job was to um, to to collect other countries' chemical and biological uh, uh, warfare capabilities um, information. And, and this is sort of what became Project Coast. Right. And this is in the eighties, right? Yes. This is this is like at the beginning of the eighties. He should have um, plenty to work with, especially after World War One with mustard gas, and then World War Two. Granted, in the United States, you know, we're not barbarians. Well, you know, those well, tests of, were completely useless to us. But I mean, this well, clown probably could have used got, pulled something out well, of it. Well, it's wanted. he. He gets a little more contemporary with that, and, and who he gets help from, because he like one of the main sort of countries that that he studies for for the pro uh to develop the program around is is iraq because remember at this time iraq is 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 embroiled in the iran iraq war yeah yeah. so so iraq is using like chemical weapons like like they're as a modern army they're they're using modern chemical weapons right um so he recruits around 200 researchers from around the world um and he receives an annual budget of around 10 billion dollars um, in in 1981, money. You said million or billion with a B. Million. Okay. They don't have that many Krugerrands. Yeah, they don't have that many Krugerrands for for that type of uh, budget. <laughs> <laughs> Saddam's got the gold. goddammit. Um, this this program is illegal under the um, the international uh, bioweapons uh, convention agreement that that South Africa is party to. No so so much like when shit. South Africa developed nuclear <laughs> weapons. Um, them developing this is is actually illegal. This is this is not illegal uh, international under international law for them to be developing these weapons, because South Africa expressly promised that they wouldn't. Yeah, no shit. This is like the equivalent of like the United States just flagrantly breaking something in the Geneva Convention. I'm not going to say that we don't already, but just flagrant uh, thumbing their nose at the Geneva Convention would be the equivalent. Um, the Project Coast largely is. Um, is largely based around four um, sort of front companies, which are Delta G Scientific Company, uh, uh, Rudaplat uh, Research um, Laboratories, uh, Protechnic, um, and one called um, Infladel. Um, in 1989, Infladel splits into two companies, uh, the D. John uh, Truder Financial Consultants um, and Cefmed um, information services and in South Africa as well has a number of like shell companies in like Luxembourg and in Europe that, that they're sort of like running all their money through. Uh, and, and one thing because they're doing these illegal programs and also to get around like international sanctions. Okay. Um, so, and they use these as well to distance them from the military and also to procure chemicals that they're going to use for the, the programs they're going to work on. Um, uh, Bassam was given uh, pretty much like free reign um, to do whatever he wanted to. Um, Delta G was the the primary uh, company that did most of the research, production, and development of the chemical agents, uh, while RRL um, developed the chemical and biological pathogens um, and was also uh, allegedly involved in experimenting with genetic engineering. Mm. 
In the eighties, better and better. In the eighties, yes. And some limited engineering. Bro, they were trying um, to do it in the forties, man. In the thirties, they were trying. I mean, they didn't weren't successful, obviously, by any. There's there's a there's a main reason why they're they're going with with genetics. It's not like it's not like they wanted to make like a super soldier. Uh, largely, one of their earlier things they want to do is is sort of sterilize the black population of South Africa. Wow, that um, sounds familiar, but just last time I heard the people want to do that, it was just for the Jews. Damn, why does it sound so familiar? South Africa, um, what are you getting up to down there, South well, Africa? Well, this is this is this is also sort of sort of programs that were either either carried out like by um, either either unknown or, or known to to sort of like local members of the United States government involving like Puerto Ricans and, and Native Americans where where hospitals like any time like a woman would come in for a, for a medical procedure, she would end up getting like a, a hysterectomy or a tube stunt or yeah, sterilized. Yeah. Whoops, you got sterilized after you had a baby yeah. and you didn't know it because we put you under for a C-section. Whoops, we sterilized you. Our bad. Whoops, doctor just slipped the knife. Whoops, your uterus is um, gone. Sorry, ma'am. So, uh, Protechnic um, is a, a large uh, nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare plant, um, which which was designed to develop defenses against chemical weapons. Um, Infidel um, was mainly... Uh, uh, Mainly focused on financing and administration of the other units. It's a questionable um, and name also, for our company. And 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 also uh, <clears throat> also uh, channeling funds between the military and the research facility, so acting as a, a middleman. Um, and a lot of these companies, the employees that work there, are not aware of what they're working on because, like, for one, in order to have a conspiracy, you can't have like all these people knowing. And and two, it's very easy to like hide these things because you know people are just shipping things and, and they they're not really putting everything together. Yeah, if a whole shitload it, of people know a secret, then nobody, then it's not a secret. Um, in, in the 80s, uh, it's believed that, that Basson is, um, and, and the project itself is involved in, in a number of, of assassinations that are, that are carried out against anti-apartheid uh, movements. Um, it, the, these include leaders in South Africa, um, Angola, and, and Namibia. Um, and that um, there, there are also claims that these chemical weapons were used against um, troops um, in those countries by uh by the uh south african uh defense forces now is this confirmed or is this just suspected some like a lot like there's a lot we don't know but but that like some of the stuff we do know um and for instance uh that that basson would would regularly uh cooperate with what was called the civil cooperation bureau um, which is sort of like sounds the like the ant- snitches bureaus. What it sounds like. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's snitches. even it, it's more it's more akin to like um, the like a like a Gestapo type organization. Their their goal is to essentially like like disappear people. Like like they're the people who disappear anti apartheid activists, assassinate uh, people, um, that type of thing. Okay. Um, so, so their primary mission, they're, they're a counterinsurgency unit that was under the, um, the defense minister at that time, uh, Magnus Malin. Um, and, and we know for a fact that they, they were involved in, in, in many, many killings um, to, to sort of defend the regime. Um, and, and Besson, during this time as well, he's still continuing to, to visit other parts of, of, the, of the world in order to learn more and more on what to do um, and, and also sort of perfect their use of chemical weapons. Um, one, do, do, one, we, do we know what chemical weapons specifically he was working on? <laughs> well, one one thing we do know that that he was involved in was in 1982 there was what was called Operation Duel, um, like D U E L, like okay. like a like a sword duel, like my um, like my video card, the Asus and, 1080 Duel. 
and and this was um and and this was a um this was a program to to sort of uh, eliminate um uh swapo prisoners and also um members of like the south african uh defense forces who who were helping swapo and and sort of like undermining the regime um a, a colonel uh johan uh, Theron, a, a counterintelligence officer um, in the special forces, um, he testified at, at Besson's trial um, that he had received uh, muscle relaxant pills from Besson um, in December of 1982, and that with them he had killed approximately 200 Swapo prisoners, um, and then which they dumped their bodies from an airplane into the ocean. Bro, what? That's some like wacky movie concept like death it almost sounds too insane to be true that's what i'm saying like it's well the the idea of them killing them is that they don't like for instance and like at this time in like argentina like they're just shooting people in the head and throwing them from planes like like leftist students and and leftists that the government why wait what is the plane i don't understand why who the fuck's idea was this that's where you lost me that's where you lost me because I don't, I, I totally believe that they're killing people, and I totally believe that like human experimentation, and we're going to test chemical weapons on you. And Why we're are they throwing them from the planes? That's well, where you well, fucking look. Like I can't. Okay, now. Well, I the idea it. is, Ryan. the The idea is, is that they don't want people to know they're killing all these people, and that you, if you have a mass grave, people are going to like, it, people are going to dig it up one day, and they're going to find out that the government killed like hundreds of people. But if you throw them from a plane. One, it eliminates all sort of like forensic evidence because the person has just like hit the floor from like a thousand feet in the air. Um, so you don't have anything to go by. Um, and it also spreads them out as well. Cause like if you have like a hundred people in a plane and you're like, you're killing them and kicking them out as you go, like they're all not going to land next to each other. Are so you're not going to be able to put together. This is the most sick thing I think I've heard. <laughs> Well, it's real. I'm not disputing that it's not. I never fucking said it wasn't real. I I know, but I'm just saying. I'm shocked that it is real. What I'm saying is, like, that's where, when you initially talked about it, where you lost me. Because, again, the idea of, you know, killing people to test chemical weapons, it's disgusting to me to even think that, hey, that's completely fucking normal. And, you know, it's, you know, completely believable. But when you say that they just dump 200 people out of a plane into the ocean, (sighs) Excuse me. It's just trying. It's kind of hard for me to like. How'd they figure that out, by the way? Well, it's 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 faster than using a boat, I guess. How'd they figure Um, that out, by the way? That they dumped two hundred people out of a plane into the ocean. Because I mean, there's better ways to do it, especially because the one own country. Well, because one of the guys that was involved in it uh, said that they did. Oh, oh, one of the guys guys who was involved in it also. Yeah, this this colonel this colonel Johan Theron. He he testified that he was involved in this in this program that they were doing. Did he then go work for Pinochet? Because one <laughs> of the things about uh, about South Africa is that after after apartheid ends, they have what's called the peace and reconciliation committees, and and essentially what happens is is that they they can either like bring people to court and like they could possibly never get justice for the people or, or sort of like unearth these crimes, or they can essentially give um, somewhat of amnesty. For the people who were involved in these things to say like what they did. No, fuck you, bro. Um, because because we'll, we'll when we get to Besson, um, it, it'll sort of come up with the problems of like people going to to court, and the same thing happened with uh, uh, with both uh, after apartheid ended because he was supposed to appear in front of the the peace and reconciliation committees, but he refused to do so, and because of that, he just went to jail. Good, fuck him. 
Um, he didn't stay in jail for very long, though. That's the thing. Because it's a, it's a it's a peaceful transition of power. You don't want to have like an actual like civil war. Like if if they had actually started like like prosecuting everybody who was involved in this, it would have torn the country apart. Yeah, but d- d- okay. Here's the thing: you cannot allow people to get away with shit just because. Ooh, we're worried about a so no like. Fuck you! But it's, there has it's, to be punishments but it's, for people. But it's even better, if it tears like, the world apart. Well, what, well, well Ryan, you have to you have to come. understand too that it's all like these people are like they they testify and then it's like oh no this person can't be touched like it ruins the the careers and lives of these people like they can't do anything else for the rest of their lives like for instance so um, sorry you should have thought about to, that when we get to Basson like like it's, you should have thought about that before you committed human rights violations yeah but it's it's not like these people are protected is what I'm saying mm. like. Like, the whole world knows what they did, and they know the extent of what it did, so the families of the people who were, like, disappeared and stuff can finally know what happened to their families, instead of some guy refusing to talk and then getting shot in the head. Or you could just say, hey, listen, this guy more than likely is the one that did it. Do you guys want to take the first shot? Because because <laughs> that's because that's because that's one of the problems with the united states today is that we never had a peace and reconciliation committee after segregation ended all you have to do like, is say hey like go to the family's house and say hey listen so listen but they don't know that i got a louisville slugger in the trunk but ryan like they don't 90% know that percent yeah, sure that this is the guy well ryan they don't know no one knows because it's all under secrecy which is what we'll get to with basson like why we don't know what crimes he committed we only know about what happened to basson because of what i'll get to Oh, okay. Like, so, see, see, you're operating. So, so you're you're okay. you're you're operating on the idea that like that that this is like you know like like the Jew hunt like the 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 Nazi hunters like the Jewish Nazi hunters going around the world like like ah oh, this is Eichmann like we got to get him like like people don't know who these people are because it's not advertised like when everything ends you know they're just going to shred the papers or whatever which is what happens. Oof. Um. So so, so to this you don't day even, we don't you even don't, know. Well. I'm just saying is that until what happens happens in this in this okay, sort so of so we'll get, thing so I'm to getting this to. Day we, we might know something today. All right, all right, all right. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Um, <laughs> I like seeing pieces of shit get their comeuppance. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, in in November of 1983, um, he was allegedly involved in the using of chemical weapons against uh, opponents of the regime and. Uh, Duku Duku uh, KwaZulu, what is today KwaZulu Natal, um, where he instructed uh, South African um, intelligence agents um, to tie their victims against um, trees and using a gel like ointment on them that was supposed to kill them. Uh, but when it failed to do stuff, um, it, it <coughs> failed to do that to them, um, he had them injected with, a, a, with an anesthetic um, and a muscle relaxant to kill them. My God. Um, after. Brutal. after th- after that, their their bodies were again uh, thrown into the sea to hide the evidence. Um, in 1985, uh, four uh, SWAPO detainees uh, were held at the uh, reconnaissance regiment headquarters, um, and they were uh, they were given uh, sleeping drugs and uh, soft drinks, taken to uh, Lanseria Airport outside Johannesburg, uh, and they were injected with three toxic substances supplied by Besson. Um, again, their their bodies disposed of in the Atlantic Ocean. That's what I'm worried about every day when I take a Tylenol PM. You know, my sleep cycle's <laughs> a little off. I'm just worried my wife's gonna drop me off in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> like seriously, when your when your when your wife gets her uh, 
get their pilot's license. That's when you start like saying, ringing your collar. Yeah. When, when, you, when all of a sudden, like a bill comes to your house for a private hangar and like jet fuel. You're like, <laughs> oh, oh, wait babe, a minute, babe, <laughs> babe. We, go, we are we taking a trip? I'm glad about your new hobby. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Wait a minute. This you don't have enough gas to go on this trip. What's going on? <laughs> Ow. Um one of one of the areas that they began going into in the mid eighties, um, which was uh which was sort of brought to light by a doctor uh Don uh Goosen, who was uh who was a managing director at, at Rotoplot Research Laboratories between nineteen eighty three and nineteen eighty six. Um he told this in an interview with the BBC um, uh, and Tom Marigold, the, or Tom Mangold, the, the BBC reporter, that that Project Coast had um, had been given a project to develop a contraceptive that could be given clandestinely to uh, Black South Africans. Um, what? The first one was to develop a, a quote unquote vaccine um, for both uh, males um, and females, um, but um, it. That, that could sort of sterilize them after it was um, delivered to them, but but they couldn't really um, do this without uh, making them aware that they had been um, given such a substance, and because of like, it, it's somewhat difficult to do that by an injection, they were never able to come down with a process. Um, they uh, and, and testimonies that were given to the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission um, also sort of hint that they were planning on uh, possibly putting birth control substances into water supplies, um, but again, this this is not something you can easily do no. because you can't you can't really uh, you know keep things like once it's in the water, it's going to affect everybody. Like like you can't you, you can't just restrict it to like one area of water that just one uh, group of people are going to be using. God forbid they they get their hands on saltpeter. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um. But, but what happens is, is in 1990, um, F.W. de Klerk becomes president, um, and he orders uh, that all the uh, that, that all these chemical weapons programs be disbanded and destroyed. I mean, good, but, like, why don't you include in that order, save everything so we know what these clowns were doing? Well, because remember, they're, they're also guilty of violating international law. Like, he is, like, de Klerk... Well, he is not. He's a. He's opposed to South Africa. He is opposed to apartheid. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he himself is still like yeah. a, essentially a patriot. Ryan de Klerk was also part of the problem, and he was <laughs> violating the law. Okay, um, de Klerk was part of the problem. He may have gotten rid of the nukes, but he did not <laughs> fix the problems because he was not a fan of the bears. I'm using anything I can here to make a joke because it's so fucking tragic. It's so bad. Yeah, because the thing with de Quirk is that he himself was was like a fan of like apartheid, like he was a supporter of it. But then as time went on, um, he sort of uh, he sort of changed his views on it after sort of seeing um, that after going to like the United uh, the United States that he could see in, in the United Kingdom that that countries without segregation could exist. Um, like sort of in a state of harmony, in, in that like black people and white people can live together without like, you know, it turning into now, like Mad Max. Now, how it's many like Boris that- Yeltsin coming to the states and seeing a grocery store for the first time and being like, "Oh fuck, it works." Right. Capitalism That's kind of what I was getting at. Is that like how many of these people are just they're like I said before I was talking about they're just raised in it. And well, you get well, to, yeah, they that's, get to the that's point. True. Hold on, I'm asking a question here. And they get to the uh, they get to the point where they're they're done, and because they reach the age of reason, 
Like they just get old enough and they've been around long enough that they've seen enough things that they realize that the way they were raised was bullshit. I I don't think very many of them. Well, so then what makes like, so then what makes him change his mind? Well, you like, have like to I have... said, DeCork DeCork goes to the United States and like the United Kingdom as part of like um, sort of like study exchanges. Like, like, sort of, like, where, where government, like, the, it happens today, too, where, like, like officials from other, like, countries will come to, like, the United States and they'll study or whatever. Like, like they'll either work with, like, say they'll come visit, like, Orlando and they'll they'll go work with, like, the city government on something to, to just see how, like, the city of Orlando does it. You have to um, have your Boris Yeltsin crack-ping moment of walking into but, a supermarket and seeing, oh, fuck, and having your mind be like, welp, I was wrong, D- like, physically in your face. So, but, but if you don't have that, you will never have that kind of, that, that come-to-Jesus moment or that realization, unless you physically are brought face-to-face with, like, reality, so, abject reality. Yeah, so, his- once again, travel cures because he, he he goes yeah. and he sees this, but like for instance, Botha, who has traveled abroad, like till the day he dies, he believes that like that that ending apartheid was the greatest. Well, there's mistake always they ever gonna made. be bastards, yeah. dude. Like yeah. that's that's what I'm saying. But I just think that yeah, and I'm a good. I'm not saying people, like I don't, I don't think are bastards. You know, I think that. But yeah. but the people who are invested in this state are are they're bastards essentially bastards. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like they're 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 dyed in the wool. Um. So, uh, after this, uh, Besson begins uh, concentrating on non-lethal chemical agents and chemicals like Taco um, that Bell. the government had not banned him uh, from using. Uh, Let's bring in so, the Taco Bell. That's real uh, chemical warfare right there, boy. Uh, so, <laughs> if you don't have so, that, so you don't instance, have the filtration system in the toilet system. <laughs> done. Imagine well, so a nation of people who tank. have to poop. <laughs> but but one of the things that is um, that that's believed that they did was that they had sold large amounts of, of ecstasy and, and mandrax um, to um, drug dealers in communities that mandrax. were active in the anti-apartheid movement. Wouldn't ecstasy what is just ma- make people feel better? <laughs> wait wait what is, what is mandrax? <laughs> um, ecstasy mainly to pacify them. Yeah, because because the idea is do it. that no no no, no, no. Uh, man- what what okay the wait fuck you said mandrax wait. you okay ma- mandrax. <laughs> I need you to say that, that sentence over again. Then what? What they sold? Say that whole thing. Say that whole sentence over. E- again. Ecstasy and mandrax. Okay, what is mandrax? I'm ma- very. Ma- mandrax is essentially uh, quaaludes. Okay, I was gonna say I know I'm, oh, okay. I'm intimately familiar with what but, ecstasy is, but I've never heard of mandrax, and that's probably because it's well, quaaludes, and it's a little bit before my time. Well, well apparently, like quaaludes are like are like done, like like you can't. Yeah, you can't. can't. Get no, them no, anymore. they're they, like they, not even illegally. Yeah. No, no, no. You could. They don't even make them since I believe like the mid '90s. They haven't made quaaludes. It's, it's it's not like it's not like poppers where there's that one guy, <laughs> that one like gay guy keeping the uh, <laughs> keeping like the VCR head cleaner factory going. <laughs> Now that's look at so that's not to say that you cannot get your hand on quaaludes because I know for a fact you can, but what you're getting your hands on may or may not be effective at all because while medicine has expiration dates and while it's actually good past its expiration date, this is not medical advice, BT dubs, but medicine is good past its expiration date. It's basically when the company says that it's gonna be its peak effectiveness. Yeah, it's efficacy. But you could 
Yeah, to this day, you can still buy Quaaludes. It's just you would probably have to take like six or seven times what the dose is to get the same effect. Yeah. But then you might fuck up and have one of those Quaaludes, those ludes as we like to call them, uh, and it might just still still be potent. Isn't that what happened in the Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> no, because back then they were actually still getting good. No, good the Quaaludes. whole point was that they couldn't get the original ones anymore. That was like in the late eighties, early nineties when that happened. Yeah, yeah, but they were still getting like real quaaludes, though. They, I just don't think. No, they could but get remember, them, like, the his they actual the good name brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the man the brand. yeah his <laughs> actual dialogue was that you couldn't get the real ones anymore, and that like these were old, and then it kicked in because he thought it wasn't doing anything. That's the whole reason oh. that he crashed uh, the thing. Okay. Yeah. That's the whole reason he had the Lambo scene. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was like, I thought he just overdosed and took too many. Is what no, I no. If you listen to what he, I don't know why I remember this, but if you listen to what he said, he's like, you know, I took too much of it, and I didn't think it was actually going to do anything because it was expired. But oops. Uh, oops. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I've kept a, an EpiPen in my fridge for like two years past expiration because I'm like definitely allergic to bees. It'll just keep you alive uh, well, long enough to suffer. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, well I mean, with the, it's the good. Cost. It's fine. <laughs> and and when I went to the pharmacy with health insurance, by the way, as uh, uh, listen, I'm just going to kind of dox myself as a critical care paramedic on a rescue, that kind of health insurance, it would have cost me six hundred and like 40 something dollars dude it's crazy for a two-pack for a yeah. two-pack and and the pharmacist goes you're a paramedic right and i was like yeah he goes why don't you just take uh, a vial of epi from the truck and a needle and a syringe just keep it in your fridge that way you know you can just like rotate it out as your truck epi expires you can like take a bottle and i'm like dude if i get stung by a bee i have like three minutes tops before things start to tunnel vision on me because i've been stung before i know what it feels like there is no force in the face of the earth that is going to have me be coherent enough to pop a vial, put a, a needle on a syringe, pull it out of that vial while I'm, like, shaking, terrified, knowing, hey, if I don't do this, I'm going to die, and then stick myself. No, that's well, why we do auto-injectors, because it's fucking, hey, pop the cap and go, you're done. Like, that's it. Ryan, you know, you don't have to Pulp Fiction it every time, okay? It does not go right in the middle of the chest, and I will <laughs> murder somebody who tries. If you try to put something in the middle of the chest, I will murder you. <laughs> I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the needle uh, broke. No, uh, so you if can. You... you can actually go through the sternum. Um, you, you can. It's not thick. The sternum is not a thick bone. But when they do procedures to put needles very close to the heart, like pericardiocentesis, they go underneath... Like, they go underneath the sternum. They don't go through it. But you could absolutely pierce through it because it is not a thick bone whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of this, uh, a lot of any of these drugs that they might have stockpiled, though, um, they disappear uh, soon afterwards. And and it's also believed, too, that one of the programs they're working on with these drugs was to make uh, drug-laced uh, tear gas. What? Um, so that if they were to hit, like... People with like tear gas that have like psychotropic drugs in it as well, um, or 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 sort of like sedatives in it, it would um, it would not only like do the normal thing that tear gas does, but it would also either like like affect them psychologically to make them pro- possibly easier to control. I would be protesting on the weekly tear gas with acid in it. Let's go! <laughs> I dare you, American law enforcement. This is my call. You should put psychotropic drugs in your tear gas. That's what you should do. Everybody um, would be great. But but what happens is, and in January of 1992, um, uh, troops belonging uh, uh, to a, a communist group in Mozambique, um, they're, they're conducting a, uh, an operation near the South African border 
Um, and during this operation, they are allegedly exposed to what, what could be a chemical agent. Um, some of the soldiers died during the incident, um, and others had to be hospitalized. And an investigation by uh, the United Nations, the United States, and the United Kingdom uh, found that they had been um, possibly affected by a BZ uh, nerve, ga- uh, nerve agent. Uh, Meaning that, that nerve gas had been used against them by the South Africans. Right. Um, so the U.S. and Great Britain begin to uh, pressure South Africa um, to, to sort of end um, its chemical weapons development programs. And in January of 1993, uh, Project Coast is, is, is beginning to be shut down. Um, Besson is officially re- uh, retired um, and, and he's hired to dismantle the project, um, it, which he, he most likely profited from because the, the front companies that were involved in the project were uh, privatized. Um, we know that at least one of the companies he did profit from because uh, Protechnic, um, one of its main shareholders, uh, was WPW Investments, which was a firm that was owned by um, Besson. Huh. Um, um, and also uh, later um, sort of audits that were done of the, the project found that large amounts of, of chemicals um, and, and agents used by the program were missing. Hmm. Um, in 1993... Um, Sorry, surprising no one. So what what happens is in 1993, the Office of Serious Economic Offenses um, in in South Africa begins to investigate uh, Besson's um, sort of business dealings, and they give him a, a seven year uh, forensic audit, which is which is pretty much unheard of in in South Africa to get that level of an audit. Do they have a mi- an office of minor economic crimes? Because they have major. Like I don't, they use a five tier system. <laughs> like mild, moderate, major, serious, severe. Right? You know, you know the uh, the smiley face chart the doctor has. They they use that. Yeah. Point here <laughs> to how you're feeling, Tucker. They need the who's the guy from the Weather Channel? Is it? I'm I'm gonna say Jim Caviezel. And I know that's not right. Jim Caviezel, <laughs> Jim Caviezel from the Weather Channel. It's very hot today. Jim, Jim Cantor. Jim Cantor. I'm very cross Jim, about the weather today. <laughs> Jim, <laughs> Jim Cantori fucking five tier system over here. <laughs> I was like someone, someone who's insane, <laughs> who's who was struck by lightning like two times during the making of the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mel Gibson swears by him. <laughs> nah, I guess because Mel Gibson's fucking insane, dude. What the fuck? Yeah, that was my joke. <laughs> kind of weed did you take today? <laughs> Mel Gibson um, in, is super crazy. Oh God, yeah. In in, in 1995, um, the South African government hired uh, Besson to work for a company called uh, a Transnet, um, which is a, a transportation infrastructure company, um, and it's believed that this was done um, possibly for for sort of covert um, uh, motives. You expect me to uh, believe the whole the whole company's trans? <laughs> <laughs> It works well, no, better they, with they the trans-Siberian orchestra they network. Like, You expect me to believe the whole orchestra's trans? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love that. Listen, I fucking love that joke, dude. That's a great joke. That's a clean joke. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that joke. Um, and and one, one reason why this is also brought into, brought into question is because um, between 1993 and 1995, um, uh, Besson... Um, he visits uh, Libya, and it's believed that he might have sold them chemical and biological weapons secrets. In um, what year? So, 
and from 1993 to 1995. So it's believed that they might have possibly um, sort of done this to keep an eye on Basson. Well, like Libya? Uh, yes, believable. Yes. Believable. Um, so in, in 1995, um, the, the government of Nelson Mandela um, rehires um, Besson as an army surgeon. And this is, again, believed due to U.S. and, and British pressure um, to, to sort of keep an eye on him so that he's not selling his, his like knowledge to, to powers like Libya. Careful. Careful. <laughs> um. So, in 1996, uh, South Africa's Truth and Reconciliation Commission uh, begins investigating the, the South African Defense Force um, and determines that the, that the Army had probably used lethal toxins against ANC um, activists. Um, and, what is and the uh, ANC? Because I forget. The right? African National Congress. Ah, okay. So, so Nelson Mandela's party and, yep. and sort of like the resistance movement against uh, apartheid. Right, okay. Um, so, and, and during these hearings, it, it sort of... Uh, comes out that Basson is sort of connected to these attacks. Um, you don't say. And in, um, and in 1997, the CIA informs the South African government uh, that, that Basson is, um, is intending to leave the country and that they should, you know, prevent him from doing so. I mean, the CIA is not, I guess, all bad. They're just 99.9% .9 bad. But at least they're giving well, them the heads well, up, like, yo, this war criminal, he's trying to run grab him. Well, I think they're mainly worried about the fact that, like, the guy who was running the biological weapons program for, like, a decade is is, is going to probably go abroad and sell his services to uh, powers that the United States does not like. Doesn't matter. Enemy of my enemy and all that. Um, so what happens, though, is that Besson is arrested in a sting operation in Pretoria in 1997, where it's found that he has a thousand ecstasy tablets on him that, that he is attempting to, to sell in a drug deal. <laughs> So, and listen, guys, just, okay, listen, listen, just listen, this is, Nori, the rapper, <laughs> this is something that I have, once again, intimate knowledge about in the state of Florida, every tab of ecstasy, if you get caught with it, if it is positive for heroin, is a potential charge for manslaughter, so, if you get caught with a 10-pack, which is 10 ecstasy pills, and those ecstasy pills test positive for heroin, because not all of them do, um, if they test positive for heroin, that is 10 counts of manslaughter that you have, it potentially, if the state's attorney really well, wants to go to the mat with that. You don't You don't have to worry about this with Besson, because the thing about Besson's ecstasy tablets are that the purity of them is around 98%. So it's just pure um, MDMA, which is fine. You get a prescription for that shit. Which, which uh, usually, uh, street ecstasy that you buy, it's, it's in the mid-30s. If you're lucky, Jesus Christ, yeah. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you're lucky, but apparently that's like the average. Um, so he's he's not just selling ecstasy; he's like the Walter White of like ecstasy. This is like the glass grade ecstasy that he's like selling, which which he's probably really good at, you know, because he's been making this, you know, professionally for the South African government for yeah. a while. Yeah. So if you go overseas to Europe, I don't know if you can still do it right now in 2022, but I know that you could go over there and get a prescription for MDMA. Uh, and they were little tiny purple pills and they came in a blister pack of eight to a pack and you could buy as many as you wanted. It was almost like a Mexican pharmacy. And like, I'm not trying to say it to be funny, but if you go to Mexico, you can literally just buy it oh, over yeah. the counter, whatever the fuck you want. But in Amsterdam, you can't buy it over the counter, but you can get a prescription like it's nothing right so people would fly over there buy a metric ton of pure mdma like pharmaceutical grade 
fly back over here and then just turn that into ecstasy with the cutting agents and everything else and just make an obscene amount of money on it. Okay. Um, but but what happens is is that after he is he's sort of arrested, when they turn over his car, they find that he had hundreds of, of secret uh, documents related to Project Coast in his um, in in his vehicle. I feel like John Oliver, like with the button, we got him. Like the we got him button. <laughs> um, so they they begin uh, the the Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission begins to, um, begins to investigate it and believe that um, that Basson had sold his uh, secrets to uh, foreign governments. Well, that's um, grounds they, for execution, is it not? Be, because they also they also turn over. Uh, I I don't believe so in in South Africa, um, and we'll uh, we'll get to some of that. Okay. Um, because he it, you uh, you're only. Uh, treason is like treason like that, like where you're executed for it, is is only if you're in a time of war against a foreign country like that. Really? Yeah, that's the only that's the only time if you if you aid a foreign power during or an enemy power during war, that's usually the only type of treason um, for most like democracies that will get you a uh, that will get you like a death sentence. So theoretically, in Minecraft, if you sold national secrets <laughs> to Iraq in Minecraft. In Minecraft, you sold national secrets to Iraq in 2022 because we're not actively at war with them. It technically would not be uh, like a capital crime or treason. Well, it would. It would government. be. It would be a. It would be a high crime. You you would go to jail but it for be a, a while. Capital crime. A capital. Yeah. Crime would it, is, uh, yeah. They're not gonna. They're not gonna execute you. But now, if this was 2004, and I did that, I would be on the chopping block. Theoretically, yeah. Theoretically, if you, if you did during that block. brief period where the the Iraqi government still existed, <laughs> <laughs> if you did in that twenty six minute window, right? <laughs> you just you just committed that that level of treason in that 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 short window. Okay, so you have to actively be like like an act. Okay, does Congress have to say like active like we we are declaring war on this country for that to get educate me I, because I, feel I like don't. A, it de- it depends. Okay. Because uh, I don't think anyone in the United States has been executed for treason in like, uh, like since before World War One. No matter but how like, much they may have deserved it. Yeah, like like usually they just go to jail for a long time. Um, and like like oftentimes too, what usually happens with like spies for foreign powers is that like they go to jail, and, and even if it's out of power, we're we're at war with. For instance, there's there's Israeli spies that have been arrested in the United States. And what usually happens is is that they either. They either eventually get released um, as, as sort of like a gesture to that country, or they or they're traded for for like an American prisoner that that might be in that country. Okay. Um. And and in 1997, um, uh, with the help of the Netherlands Institute for uh, South Africa, um, they're they're able to um they're they're sort of able to go through all the files that that they're sort of recovering from him because essentially what was happening is that when uh, Bassam was told to like destroy files, which is like a normal thing that happens on secret projects. Um, he was making copies of them um, for for his own like personal use, either to sell them or or to use them as like an insurance plan, most likely. Okay. Um, so while he's supposed to be like cooking the books, he he's not, and and it's sort of like come back to bite him be, because he tried to he tried to make money off of selling ecstasy. 
And then he, he gets tied up in this. And this is how we all begin to learn about um, the full extent of like Project Coast. And, okay. and even that we don't know the complete extent of Project Coast, but, but like a good idea of what went on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like this is going to be a two-parter. Do we know the full extent of it now? Uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll, there, there's, this is not a two-parter. We don't. Oh. Um, so. You're going to blue ball me like that, bro? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, I fucking am. Uh. Um, so, so at this time as well, um, other offices within the South African uh, government, such as the the Office of Serious Economic Offenses, uh, the National Intelligence Agency, um, and the um, and the the and, and that I think uh, in the United States, Gautung, the Office of Serious uh, Economic Offenses. That's just uh, Congress, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that was the state joke. of Texas yeah. is what that's called. Yeah. Yeah. The state. A state of um, any state. <laughs> And the and the local uh, Gautung Attorney General Special Investigation Team are also looking into him. Um, so because all these different groups are looking into him, what it, year it is slows it? down the. This is uh, in 1997. Okay. Um, so this year. this is all sort of slowing down the investigation. Um, and, and Basson appears before the uh, uh, appears before the uh, the commission on July 31st, 1998, um, and gave evidence for 12 hours. And then um, uh, he was introduced by Aqua's Barbie Girl, being that this was 1997, as he walked in, <laughs> like it's like his walk-up song was Barbie Girl. Um, <laughs> it's 97, bro. Yeah, that's what they were listening to. It was a wacky time. That and um, Puff Daddy's I'll Be Missing You, okay? <laughs> so, uh, um, and and throughout this as well, um, his his lawyers uh, uh, constantly interrupt the uh, the questioning uh, with, with sort of legal technicalities, um, and that uh, it's it sort of from it sort of made out though from um, him giving evidence that that he was um, that he was the primary decision maker in Project Coast and he should be put on trial for that. Okay. Um, so on October fourth, nineteen ninety nine, uh, Besson trial uh, his trial begins in uh, Pretoria, and at that time in the South African media, um, he's referred to as uh, Doctor Death. Now what? No. Now what is he? I vaguely remember that. That's it. That's what. Yup. Mm-hmm. What is he? he, he faces, uh, what is? What are the charges? He faces sixty-seven charges, <laughs> including drug possession, <laughs> drug trafficking, fraud, embezzlement of a total of um, thirty-six million rand, um, and two hundred and twenty-nine murders and conspiracy to murder and commit theft. Please, because okay, so I can't remember, but because I definitely now that you said Doctor Death, I definitely remember this. Like hearing about this guy. Please tell me that they made him dance at the end of a rope for this. Um, so he refuses to seek amnesty from the the Truth Commission, um, and the uh, the prosecution presents 153 witnesses. Um, but the the case soon begins to like turn against them. I'm going to tell uh, you right now: respect for refusing to request amnesty. Respect. On, I'll give it to you. Uh, You're going to go out like a man, apparently. All right. Okay. On on October 11th, 1999. Uh, the judge in charge of the case, uh, Willie Hartzenberg, dismisses uh, six important charges. Um, so, uh, four charges of murder and possible involvement in the 200 deaths in Namibia because he stated that the court had no jurisdiction over crimes committed in another country. Are we going to um, fucking do this? And, and Besson, as well, was included in an amnesty that was given in Namibia for all, all participants in uh, the civil war um, in Namibia um, in 1989. Um, the trial was then adjourned for uh, two weeks, and after 18 months of trial, 
um, the, the number of charges were reduced to 46. Um, Besson only called one witness to the trial himself. Um, you egotistical and, fuck. All right, Jeffrey and, Dahmer. All right. Or, on, I'm sorry, on, Ted Bundy. In, <laughs> in, in July of 2001, uh, Besson begins to present his own evidence, and this goes on for 40 days. And 40 nights. Wait, 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 wait. So 40 days, he was, like, jumping back and forth from the witness box to in front of the witness stand to back in the witness box to, like, back in front well, of the not, witness he's stand. He's not representing himself. He's oh. He has lawyers. Come on, man. Let me at least think of some Looney Tunes shit. Um, <laughs> Your Honor, I find myself completely <laughs> and utterly not guilty. Can you just imagine jumping table to table to witness box? He's like, so, where were you? Just jumps, like, over the thing. I object. Jumps back. I was home like, watching I Friends. To answer. I was home. I was watching Friends. Oh, I remember that episode because that Chandler is his, his very amusing. Ecstasy. He like goes what all the way to the back of the courtroom and sits down. He's just like, <gasps> though we do not have the Chandler in South Africa, you'll find that he is he's a very funny individual. <laughs> I um, don't. Okay, I'm not going to say anything like name wise but i have an instructor who's from south africa and the way that she pronounces some words throws me so hard because i've noticed that the the accent seems to be you elongate like the long a's um give me a second you could start talking i'll try to think of a word it's like it's like a dutch it like it's it's almost like a dutch accent like it's a very much instead of saying like ah they say it very much like a like a like an elongate like like an O almost. It's it's very like weird. instead of like, like instead of saying like South, they say like Sooth. Yeah, like South Africa. Yeah, it's very weird. But anyway, um, so he says that um, he stated that he first uh, learned about weapons of mass destruction from Saddam Hussein, um, and that he did have free reign in the project, and that he had exchanged information with foreign governments, which which all of this was legal. Is this the reason that we thought Saddam Hussein had yellow cake uranium? Because of this? Uh, no, no, because that was just complete bullshit. <laughs> okay. He got um, yellow well, cake. No, no, I know it was complete bullshit, but I want to know if Don't this drop that, that shit. <laughs> well, no, because remember, he's, <laughs> he's not... I drop that shit. <laughs> remember, he's not nuclear. He's, he's a cardiologist. It's, it's, all, it's all bio... Uh, it's all bio okay. and chemical. So they're talking about, like, um, the VX nerve gas and shit. Yeah, so um, so technically all of this is legal as, as sort of, like, a, a member of the uh, former regime. Member of stars. Um, yeah. Um, and, and that also as well that he he has the, uh, this defense argues that he has uh, immunity from anything that happened in Namibia um, due to the amnesty that was given to all participants in the war there. How about also how about this? I wish the judge would have just been like, yeah. How about also get fucked? Like I don't care. Get um, fucked. And the uh, and, and in his and in his judgment, the the judge called the state's case quote unquote fragmented and confusing, and that it was largely superficial, hoping to convince the court of Besson's guilt in a manner which fell far short of the standard of quote-unquote beyond reasonable doubt. Um, uh, and, and Hartzenberg also stated that the, um, that the government had decided of what the truth of the matter was and urged uh, the court not to believe anything that contradicted the state's version of the truth. Um, the trial itself lasted 30 months. Um, the state tried to appeal the judgment due to legal inaccuracies, but the Supreme Court of Appeal of South Africa refused the order um, to retrial in 2003 um, and a step reserved uh, for appeals that had no chance of success. Um, through the documents that were recovered and, and testimony and interviews that were given, uh, we, we sort of got a, a bigger idea of what went on in Project Coast. 
Um, again, there's still that we don't know about what happened here because a lot of this is just from individuals involved in it and, and sort of anything that could lead to the wider full picture of it has most likely been destroyed. Okay. Um, we know that they began creating progressively uh, a larger variety of, of lethal um, chemical weapons and uh, biotoxins um, and, and also defensive measures to use against those. So biotoxins, uh, we're talking about things like ricin, uh, botulism, like real nasty shit. All right, Burger King onion rings. Um, Bro, <laughs> <laughs> listen. Go ahead. Never mind. I want to get so, disgusting. Go so, ahead. so initially, um, they, they were originally used as it intended as sort of like a last resort in combat, as in that if they were like pulling out, they would they would booby trap it with like chemical or biological weapons to kill um, who took the position. Um, this is sort of based on the Soviet technique of doing this, um, and that the devices that they used were designed to look like ordinary objects, but had the capabilities of, of poisoning those who were targeted for assassination. Transformers! <laughs> More than meets the eye. For for instance, they would also use a, a technique the Soviets had, had developed using like umbrellas and walking sticks that could inject somebody with a poisoned pellet, um, and syringes disguised as screwdrivers, um, and, and also poisoned... Um, like drinking uh, vessels like beer cans and, and um, poisoned envelopes. That's so fucked up, bro. If you can't win, like, straight up, doing this deceitful, underhanded stuff is not the play, man. Not the play. Um, so uh, despite the order to destroy a lot of this, too, we know that uh, not everything that was involved in the program was destroyed um, by the by the time that the trials ended, which which sort of led to fears that that it could end up in the hands of terrorists. Oh, um, you don't and, say an and, impoverished and, nation with highly valuable chemical weapons. Wonder what could happen there. Um, in in May of two thousand two, uh, a doctor uh, Don uh, Gusentha, um, the former head of South Africa's biological weapons program. Uh, contacted the the FBI and offered to exchange um, existing uh, bacterial stocks from the program um, in return for uh, five million U.S. dollars and immigration permits for him and nineteen other associates um, and their family members. He asked for too much. Five million is too um, much. The the FBI though refused the offer, claiming that the strains that were being offered were were obsolete and no longer a threat. Ah, see, I told you, you offered too much, man. Too much. Um, we know that the uh, that the um, that the South African Chemical Weapons Program um, in- investigated all kinds of chemical weapons from the standard uh, riot control agents, um, lethal nerve agents, um, D- and anti uh, and <laughs> and anti uh, cholinergic uh, uh, cholinergic delirians anti cholinergic yeah. is how you pronounce that anti cholinergic anti cholinergic um, and, and and these are all things that were researched by um, by any country that sort of like carried out chemical weapons research. Um, Anticholinergic uh, poisoning. A lot of times, what we worry about is uh, farmers that use like fertilizers and things like that. Uh, not that they're trying to make a bomb or anything, but if you come in contact with some of these, you know, anticholinergic agents, you they use the mnemonic sludge that they teach us is uh, how you identify somebody that has like that kind of an overdose. What's it mean? Sludge. Uh, each one, you know, it's an acronym. So you got salivation. So they're going to be drooling a lot. Like it's just that, right. that constant drool. Okay. Uh, lacrimation. So your eyes are right. really watering. You're just crying. Uh, 
urination, so you'd be peeing. All right, so how is this different from me waking up in the morning? (laughs) Uh, Because also D is defecation. Well, that'd be the same. C? Wait, so so this this is a shitty... What's G? Uh, Gastroesophageal or gastrointestinal. We're still on board for my mornings. What's E? Yeah, and uh, E is emesis, if I'm not mistaken. So you're going to start puking everywhere. So there you go. There we go. That's it. There it is. So basically, you didn't didn't hit bingo. I could be sludged up anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're just, gonna uh, wanna, you're just gonna want an emergency uh, case of my lanta available to dispatch the class. No, listen, it's it's not good, man. It's not good. I've seen one person go into the ER with it, um, but it's it's oh god, they would not look like they were having a good time, man. They did not look like. Well, they it doesn't were having sound a good time like whatsoever. it. You know, I'm usually pissed nah. off in the morning. <laughs> like we um, have things that are like treatment, and we know how to treat it, but it's still like oof, brutal. Yeah. Oof, oof. Yep organophosphate poisoning that's what yeah, i was trying to yeah, that's yeah, what they yeah, have is organophosphates yeah. um but the difference uh between south africa's program and the other ones is that they sort of went this avenue of using them to to suppress internal dissent um so they would use um as essentially recreational drugs such as um like mdma uh, uh ludes uh cocaine coffee and, and other <laughs> and other uh, medicinal drugs such as uh, diazepam, uh, mitazolam, Ooh, uh, ketamine, uh, um and uh, tubo uh, um as like incapacitating agents as well. So diazepam is Valium. Yep. You know what Valium is. Midazolam is Versed. It's basically a sedative. It'll put you to sleep real good. Ketamine. You guys know what ketamine is. It's kind Cat of tranquilizers. An anesthet- yeah, yeah, it's an anesthetic. Yeah, it causes uh, you to hallucinate. It does. In high doses. In high yeah. doses, it will. Uh, Succimethonium is also known as succochloride. It's, or, I'm sorry, succinacholine is what we use for paralysis on the trucks if we're going to intubate somebody. So it will paralyze your body and your respiratory drive, so you can't breathe. Sucks them. Barely know The thing about it is, listen, the thing about it is, you're still awake, because it does not put you to sleep. Right. It just chemically paralyzes you. Right, because if it puts you to sleep, then the high would be not worth it. So you get the the gray experience. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. It's not a drug that you can get high off of. It is literally a paralytic. That's all it's designed to do is paralyze your entire body. Right. You can't even... Yeah, like an anesthetist has the two drugs. One paralyzes you and one puts you to Mm -hmm. sleep. Yeah. We and the funniest thing is our professor way back in the day taught us. He goes, "So the two drugs are atomidate and succinacholine, and you got to remember it. There's you got to do one before the other. You got to go on a date with atomidate before you can get sucked. Succinacholine. You got to go wow. on a date before you get that's sucked. That's a good mnemonic hey, device. But you know what? I've never forgot it. I've yeah, that's why it's a good mnemonic it. device. A good yeah. mnemonic devices are vulgar as hell because you. It's disgusting, yeah. and if you think about it, fuck you. But oh my god, it's been great. I've never forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Because um, because remember like because um, because they could also use like cocaine as well to like um, to to sort of like also discredit people. Like, like to make people act like irrationally, like, like mm. essentially, like, like Howard Hamlin, like secretly drugging, like secretly <laughs> dosing people so that they like, so that they, they, they like slowly lose their sanity because you've been like secretly dosing them for, for a while. Yeah. Kind of like how they did Lizzie Borden with morphine. This is a true story. Yes. 
yeah. Lizzie Borden, the of axe murder fame, they were dosing her with morphine. But alleged. Not, no, 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 no. Alleged. Not, no, not even alleged. She had a prescription for morphine. She was taking No, morphine. I mean the axe murdering. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alleged axe murder. A heavy, heavy emphasis on allegedly. We, we still to this day can't prove that she was the one that actually did the, uh, the, the murder. Yeah, that was the thing that and always you know got me that, about that situation. It's like, there's no You know proof. what happened? Fall River. Fall, Fall River, River, Massachusetts. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Besson said during his, uh, during his sort of uh, testimony to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, that they had effectively uh, weaponized um, uh, lewds and MDMA into a, a, a an aerosol dust that could be used as a riot control agent. Again, if that's what you want to start using, I will protest every day. Um, and, and this is... Um, it, it was also found as well that... Um, that the that the amount as well of that they had produced from the program was much larger than the amounts uh, Basson had been trying to sell. Um, so, the the court accepted uh, his testimony that at least some of the, the like the genuine weaponization and testing had been done because uh, there there wasn't enough in his like uh, possession to to sort of prove that you know that he had just taken the stockpile to to sell you know just to make a buck. So basically, he didn't have enough to charge him with intent to distribute. He had enough for possession. Well, well, no, he he did have enough to. I, I think a hundred. I have that backwards. He had enough I, for intent to distribute, not enough for just possess. Or he had too much for just possession. To say well, well I mean, like he like the amount that they produced would have been like a like a massive stockpile. It right. would have been like it it would have been like narco's like level of like like coke at a warehouse level of like uh, yeah i'm just trying to like dumb it down for, just to make it easier to understand um and uh, it was also found as well that they had taken uh, venom from from such snakes as the uh, black mamba um to research um to to use it as a um as a weapon um and and also using different forms of bacteria as well as as a toxin to use against um Targets. They're going to use Kobe Bryant's cum as a weapon. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Sorry, there goes the NSFW label right there. <laughs> if I leave it in, <laughs> um, you're an asshole. From, I want that from, to be the opening. <laughs> Kobe Bryant's cums, though, and it cannot be the opening, but it can sure as hell end things. Um, it's going to be in the Facebook descriptor. No. Um, you better hope you're not banned from Facebook when this episode comes out. Fucking guy. So we do know from, like, we do, like, we do have the purchasing documents they used, um, that, that reference things such as the, uh, the snake, um, and, and purchases of, um, and uses of biological agents such as anthrax, um, uh, brucellosis, um, cholera, uh, salmonella, um, and chemicals that included aluminum phosphide, uh, thallium acetate, sodium azide, um, sodium cyanide, mercury, oxycyanide, uh, cantharides, uh, um, and, and also like powerful anticoagulants and other, um, things such as paraquat, um, which are, uh, um, and, and sort of, uh, knockout drugs as well. So they were buying an extensive range of things ranging from just regular biological substances to massive amounts of chemicals that could be used to make different, uh, kinds of gases. You're not even mentioning the best one, fucking strychnine. They had rat poison. 
like that's what Strychnine is. It was mm-hmm. mainly in the '90s and like the early 2000s. You, I'm sure you could still get it now, but I'm pretty sure now you need like not necessarily a license, but it's one of those things where you have to have a reason to be buying it, or else they're gonna look at you like, ah, uh, go fuck yourself. We're not giving you Strychnine, um, but it's rat well, poison. Well, uh, uh, one of the big reasons for that is is that uh, uh, terrorists like to use it because it does have a combat application. That if you make like an explosive device and you cover it in shrapnel. Um, if you coat the shrapnel in uh, strychnine, um, when it hits people, they'll they'll like bleed out like instantly. Oh, um, that that's like a well known tactic of like of, of terrorist groups was to, to coat damn. shrapnel in that because it would just like, you know, that is fucking brutal. Jesus Christ, that's brutal. Okay, I I've never heard it. Good lord. Um, they they had attempted to develop a a, a method of sterilizing crowds. Like, like, sort of, like, if there was, like, a protest of, um, of, of sort of, like, black Africans, they, they, they were possibly looking into using, uh, pyridine, which is a, a male, uh, sterilant, mm-hmm. um, to, to, to sort of, like, just, just hit them with that, like, instead of tear gas, hit them with that, that would, that would, like, sterilize them. It's so gross. Um, the, but, but what they found, uh, the, the method that they tried to use was, uh, a, a gas cylinder pressurized with nitrogen gas, um, since uh, uh, pyridine itself is highly flammable, um, so actually, like introducing it in that way would, would not be very effective. Yeah, no. Um, what? And, and from this uh, research method, uh, they they actually uh, a, a gas company employee uh, died um, when the uh, when the experimental um, contaminated medical oxygen cylinder had been returned to a um, to gas supplier um, and filled with oxygen that that the interaction caused it to explode. Uh. Um, so, so after we used release, to fill our own oxygen tanks on the rescue, and it's a it's a system that they use. If like it's a tiered system that you put like the 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 highest pressure, which is the full tank. For like you hook your empty tank up, and then you go like the highest pressure and the medium pressure level. But it, it fills your own, so you fill your own oxygen tanks. I witnessed somebody filling an oxygen tank and broke the top of it that sent the oxygen tank through the fucking wall and it was a cinder block wall in a garage those things are under so much pressure i can't even imagine that fucking explosion yeah they, it's pretty crazy they, they also um they, they also recycle them a lot which is probably why like there's still um they're, like those big metal uh, gas canisters yeah. Like there, there's still ones that were used to like Nazi Germany. They're still in use. So I remember seeing a TikTok of a guy who was a welder, and he had one. Yeah, I saw that. that had been um, that had been uh, denazified. Um, That's that they terrifying. Had, that they had if, if anything the, in there is under pressure and that thing goes. Well, he was he was using it. No, they, it had they, been like it had been very, recycled. Yeah. It was I safe. Mean, he's fine. Yeah, like I the know, actual canister is very rarely going to pop. It would have to be poorly manufactured. But they're so. What he's saying or, is that there was a guy who had one from age. We had no, one that was that old. Age that was from the forties. Age doesn't even do it. They they because it was made of steel. Yeah, they stay well maintained. They stay strong for a really long time. It's crazy. Yeah, but it would it, it, it just but it had turned that well it wasn't because I was saying it was well maintained. That's what I'm saying. So uh, not this guy, but like the knowing that there are containers like that, that kind of pressure out there. But, which which I'm saying that's probably why they sent it back because they were just like recycling it because they didn't have a use for it. Right. Because gotcha. their 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 pyridine project didn't work. That <laughs> clowns. That they that they that they sent it back or whatever to, to get, you, get some you, money out of it. And you killed the poor guy when the damn canister blew up, god damn it. Poor guy. <laughs> Do we know his name? 
Nah, you don't know his name. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't know his name. It's okay. Do you know his name? Nah, um, you don't know. So, so over the over the years, uh, Besson uh, would continue to travel around the world as a guest speaker, um, and would found his own private medical practice. Um, in July, in June of two thousand five, he was uh, he was questioned by a group of Swiss investigators uh, about uh, about him and his involvement in the illegal trade in weapons and nuclear material, um, and asked the South African government to stop cooperating with him. Okay, maybe I was stewing in how mad I was at this guy, but uh, Dr. Basson, what happened at his trial? I know you said a bunch of charges got dropped, but he still had some, right? He he essentially he essentially walked because they said that the judge said that the that the government didn't have a good enough case. That's and, it. And and they the appeals court denied them the uh, to go forward. But what happens is is that in in 2005 the constitutional court which is uh, South Africa's highest court um, overturned the judgment of the Supreme Court of Appeal. Good. Um, it ruled that the that the crimes uh, committed outside the country could be prosecuted in South Africa and that the national uh, prosecuting authority um, has not instituted proceedings uh, but but since then the national prosecuting authority has not instituted uh, charges against um, Besson for crimes against humanity. So the basically the highest court in land said, "Yeah, go get his ass." But then the people who actually charge well, him say, ah, "Well, they have to build. They have to build a better case." Is the problem because they 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 tried the first time and they lost. So they have to they have to sort of they have to sort of find a find a way for the appeal because they can't use the same case over again because it failed. the The appeals court's just going to deny it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in um, in 2006, the Health Professions Council of South Africa um, that um, stated it was investigating uh, Besson's conduct, um, a, a charge sheet was drawn up and an inquiry began in November of 2007. Um, out of the seven charges leveled against Besson, uh, four full indictments remain uh, with the HPCSA, um, and two of the charges were discharged as part of a third charge against him. Um, so the case is open right now? So in in May in May tenth of, of two thousand ten, um, uh, Besson um, uh, petitioned uh, an application to the South African High Court um, to to have the charges set, uh, against him declared unlawful, um, unreasonable, unfair. Um, at which the judge found that there was no evidence to suggest that the council was in any way biased or prejudiced against the doctors, so that they could proceed. Ah. Um, on December eighteenth, twenty thirteen. The HPCSA found that uh, Besson was guilty of unprofessional conduct on four charges, and on June 4th, 2014, a sentencing procedure was uh, postponed due to uh, unavailability of counsel. Um, On May 27th of 2019, six years after he was found guilty of unethical conduct by the HPCSA committee, uh, the Gautung uh, High Court ruled that there was uh, bias on the part of the committee members that presided over the disciplinary hearing. Are you fucking kidding me? South um, Africa's judicial system is just as fucked as ours is. Are you serious the judge, right now? The judge ruled that the proceedings were, were regular and unfair and illustrated a total disregard for the rights of Besson. Um, the, the, hearing, uh, the, the hearing was then uh, accordingly set aside. Um, as of February of 2021, uh, Besson is still practicing medicine. What? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Are you serious right now? <laughs> Just yeah, it's it's like it's like Henry Kissinger. <laughs> That's 
crazy, man. How old is he? Uh, Besson, he was, uh, he was born in 1950, so he's 72. God, fuck, hope he dies soon. That's crazy, man. And we still don't know everything that went on there. Yeah, we, we still don't know the full extent of the programs and everything that went on, because um, the, the government tried to clear its tracks, and then, uh, and Besson also, as well, other than the things that he couldn't directly, you know, sell, uh, to, uh, foreign governments. That's crazy. Oh, man. What a gigantic piece of shit. You know, the entire episode... unpunished. The entire episode, you kept saying Bassan, and I kept thinking of Luke Bassan. <laughs> Who? Isn't that like the... Isn't like a director, Luke Bassan? Yeah, but it's it's spelled with... It's Besson. Oh, okay. B-E-S-S-O-N. Uh, look at this guy over here. Well, on that note... There's not even a light way to end this because this motherfucker is still walking around free. God damn it. That's true. That sucks. Oh, anyway, on that note, I'm going to go get dinner. And it's not going to be Taco Bell. And hopefully there's no strict nine in it. Later. <laughs> Later. Later.